and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. Spurs, girls, and novelty songs. People are like, people are memeing it too much, though. The Sopranos? Yeah. Cut it with the memes. Who's yeah. memeing the Sopranos? Fucking everybody. All these ex-Tumblrites. All I can yeah. say is that it's really good, but that said, we're in a pandemic. If you haven't watched it yet, you're probably not going to. And that's how I feel about yeah. like the wire. And honestly, the further you go, the more like 90s it is, too. It's like yeah, early, early mid aughts. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like 99, I think. Was the first that's yeah, why like so. AJ really was listening to Rage and he was listening to Lint <laughs> Oh my God. AJ's hair and like outfits in the first season compared yeah. to like the last season. Not He didn't ch- mm-hmm. He changed the way you would expect a boy his age to change. He now owns nightclubs or sets up parties <laughs> and stuff. And he wears purple collared shirts. Didn't they make... Isn't there a Sopranos sequel coming out? Or prequel? I think there's a prequel. Like I think they yeah, got like uh, a movie with Gandolfini's uh, son. Son, yeah. yeah. Teeny Feeny. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Feeny? Yeah. Gandalf Feeny. Yeah, he's played Feeny. by... <laughs> it's played they, by Ian McKellen yeah, and the guy who plays yeah, Mr. Feeny. Yeah, they fuse together. Yeah. <laughs> They're 150 years yeah, old. <laughs> that's how you make the Gandolfini. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a drink you can get at a bar. I'll have one Gandal- Gandalfini, please. Yeah. Please. Hi, pretty Plays. lady. <laughs> yes, and this is an yes. episode of Spoofs, Goofs, and Novelty Songs. <laughs> Welcome, everyone, and get ready, because we're talking about A Mighty Wind. Marty, take it away. <laughs> that was fun to let you do the intro. A 2003 mockumentary of folk singers. This movie was written and directed by a master of spoofs, Christopher Guest, and co-written by Eugene Levy, who also stars. The film focuses on mocking the 1960s folk music revival very broadly and on musical documentaries in general. The film's origins came from the Folksman characters, which was a trio that Harry Shearer, Christopher Guest, and Michael McKean debuted on Saturday Night Live in 1984. They would occasionally open for the band Spinal Tap as these characters. And the final fun fact, the song A Kiss at the End of the Rainbow was nominated for an Oscar, which was written by Michael McKean and Annette O'Toole. Notably, all of the songs were written by members of the cast, lending itself to the authenticity and love, I would say, that the songs have, because I think this movie is a very loving tribute overall. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts on a mighty wind? It was good. It was good. <laughs> I agree. Uh, Let's not do an ASMR pod. This is gross. It was good. I don't know how many guests, how many Christopher guest films do we have to watch? All of them before we got about they're two good. more. They're good. Come on, they're good. Just watch them. They're fun rocks. <laughs> Wait, I was yelling at you, Kelly. No, I'm saying they're good, Scott. What are oh, you, you trying seem, to say? Why do you, okay, if you're saying they're good, why would you phrase that as how many of these are we going to watch? Let I me finish. <laughs> it's how many of these do we have to watch before we convince you, the listener, oh. to watch all of them in one sitting with good food and drinks around you so that you don't starve. Starve. (laughs) Yeah, don't starve. 
We don't here at Spooskos and Novelty Songs, which is, by the way, the podcast about dumb shit. Uh, we recommend you don't starve. The podcast about dumb shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no longer a podcast about dumb shit. We are the podcast yeah. about. I kind of like that. I think we've taken. <laughs> I think we're taking a step in the right direction yeah. by claiming that. It's kind of like how like America has the highest number of coronavirus cases. We well, are this is the podcast about dumb shit. We're we're rebranding. We're rebranding the podcast yeah. right now. Yes. You walk into a boardroom, yes. you write down a podcast about dumb shit, and Marty mm-hmm. turns to us and then he yeah. puts the chalk on the chalkboard and we're he giving crosses you out a the opposite. and writes down the Yeah. <laughs> the opposite of Justin Timberlake's advice. <laughs> and add a the. Yeah. It's classier. Yeah. It's less clean. <laughs> So I think Kelly is right. I think you could watch all of these Christopher Guest movies back to back. Not the one, the ones he's directed because they have the same cast. They all generally play really similar characters with slight tweaks. This movie has the biggest tweaks I think. To that the was really cute. That these Martin. people generally play. When he what? said "swipe tweaks," swipe tweaks, swipe tweaks. Guys, I'm a. I've turned into a baby this <laughs> yeah. week. Uh, you said you weren't wearing pants. I didn't realize you were also wearing a diapy. And you had, I should have figured by the rattle in your hand and the yeah. pacifier in I'm, your other hand. Don't, don't out me not wearing pants on the podcast. Yeah. And there's a mobile you. hanging above you that you're like batting at with one hand. It's because I'm wearing shorts instead of pants. Oh, <laughs> trickery. A workaround. Christopher Overall, Guest. This, they're all, they're yes. all mockumentaries too. They're yes. all pretty much the same. They're all movie. mockumentaries. They are really focused on making fun of subjects of documentaries. Like his, the tone of these movies is very much making fun of how people act, how self-important they are on camera, right? Like that's a big joke recurring here with the undercutting of like seedy underbelly of life kind of stuff. This movie has like a real big recurring thing that everyone has like really messed up sexual or religious uh debauchery going on like they're either like porn stars or they're involved in weird cults underneath all of this which i thought was a great recurring thing that like either they're involved in some weird cult or they're doing some like pornography type thing uh and so i think he does that stuff really well in these movies but i think i will say we're going to compare this to waiting for guffman which is the other cast other oh my fucking god the other guest directed movie that we've done Guffman has a lot more heart, I think. I think this movie doesn't have quite as much, uh, like, it's not as uh, warm at the end of it. Like, it kind of just exists and happens. There's not this sense of this being, like, a positive thing or something like that. Like, Waiting for Guffman feels much more like it's celebrating the idea of these people who aren't as important as they think they are. Like, I think it celebrates the idea of artists who are failures but the fact that they make stuff that somebody might enjoy it's still i think that's still part of that movie this movie just feels like it's kind of just making fun of this right which is fine it's still this funny movie but it it loses that a little bit i think it's kind of like the opposite because they're all like semi-successful like successful enough to live as like a cult and like i don't that's how it feels at least to me like all of them have their own sort of version of success and uh they're just making fun of the fact that yeah it's good music but they're also like super kooky people behind the making of it like this is basically the inspiration film for edward sharp and the magnetic zeros in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) that's a great comparison 
yeah home is really similar to this right like all that first album they did was is like really similar oh it's music uh, to it's that, that band, band yeah. very folky very culty like they mm-hmm. got some weird yeah. themes that they're throwing into their songs there's fault. The, the weird thing about doing a movie that's just like a really good movie that has some light spoofing elements like this one it's just really good the whole time i don't really have a lot to say besides just like list that all of the actors in this are great Eugene Levy is doing this insane speech pattern that is so funny the entire time. <laughs> oh my time. god, his speech yeah. was crazy. Like this whole it's robot so sort of... I don't even know how to describe it. He's playing like a broken man, and so he does like a broken man's voice, kind of, is the way to describe it, I guess. Like, he talks like this. Like he's forgotten how to talk to people. It's- and he's it's, like looking all over the place. Yeah, he, he's always cast as the broken man in like anything he's in, but he's he's like the most broken in this one, yet the most human at the same time. Like you yeah. feel, I felt genu- genuinely bad for him during like the hotel scene where he's like trying to play his guitar <laughs> and there's just loud sex happening in the room next door, and I'm just like, man, that kind of yeah. sucks. Like how lewd and crude. Yeah. His albums after his and Catherine O'Hara's uh, duo broke up. Uh, his albums were called "Oh, I wrote them all." Down. Like I'm in called? the grave, and like oh, yeah, they're like called "Cry for Help" and like "No Reason to Live" and things like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, that cult um seemed cool. <laughs> they were they dress we're up all- as a wizard. Yeah, they dress up as wizards, they hold sparklers, they sing weird songs. It's Wink, Witches in Nature's Color, and they're like, red indigo, (laughs) violet. Yeah, it seems seems (laughs) like, you know, as cults go, you could do a lot fucking worse. Yeah. Uh, That folk band that they were in, the cult group, the first time we see them, they're playing right in front of, like, a big roller coaster. Yeah. (laughs) And no one's paying attention to them. It's like a Six Flags gig. That's what I'm saying is, like, they're all successful in some ways. They get these weird, shitty gigs, and they get paid for them, at least. Yeah, they're all working. So, uh, Fred Willard is, like, their manager? Is that his job? (laughs) Yes. I think he's, like, an ex... (laughs) So he's an ex, like, cable TV star who became the manager of this band, and he constantly wants them to use his catchphrases from his TV What are his catchphrases? I love all of them. Uh, Hey, what happened? Hey, what happened is my favorite, of course. Mm -hmm. It's really Uh, Like, all his catchphrases were just, like, normal things you would say, but, like, you just say them as though it's a catchphrase. It would all be like, I'm (laughs) sorry! Like... (laughs) His jokes weren't jokes. They had the cadence of jokes, but he's just but saying statements. Yeah. That there's was like no the big punchline. Thing. The punchline is the fact yes. is his cadence. It's so- yeah. Yes, the punchline is his cadence. It's an insane character. I actually like thinking about it now. I actually like it way more oh, than I was and watching. His hair, and I was enjoying he's it got while like watching. frosted his tips or something. <laughs> like, <yeah. laughs> what he? His character's so good. In the this. movie like ends, or it doesn't end, but it's really close to ending. I think with him. And telling them how they got like that show for the what's the band the Supreme the Supreme Singers is yeah the, the thing at the end yeah and it was just like the way he pitched it in the boardroom was just like oh my god it's so obnoxious yes yeah Fred Willard R I P what a what a rest in peace what a what a what a, what a spoofer yeah a comedy gem too true yeah. 
everybody's good in this. Jane Lynch gives like a career performance in this movie. She's so fucking funny in this mm-hmm. movie. Uh, O'Hara is really funny in this movie. Parker Posey, underused but really funny. Guest Sheer and McKean's characters uh, being like annoyed that uh, the other bands aren't as like authentic as they are is like so good and just like a great recurring trio thing to keep going back to because Guest wants to play this really like awful experimental song and they both don't want to play yeah. it. And, uh, all of or they stuff, like but, start like, speaking Spanish. There's like a Spanish like breakdown in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just them debating what their opening song is going to be because that like uh, was a very uh, relatable uh, bit yeah. like that is like uh, something that bands argue about for sure. Yeah, Marty, you might not Scott. know about this, but it is something that bands might argue about. Is yeah, what they open with y- you wouldn't get it. So this movie is built around uh, Bob Balaban getting these bands together to play a tribute show to his father, who was this like patriarch of folk music, which is based on a real guy who kind of like guided a lot of the famous folk singers of the sixties, like Woody Guthrie and stuff. Uh, and the whole workaround of him being uh, really awkward and really uncomfortable. And then also, like, when they get to the show and he he's so concerned about every detail of the venue that they're at. And then his introductions for each band are, like, hilarious. The whole His whole character and the arc of this movie built, being built around his character specifically was super, super funny. And very clever, I thought, that it wasn't just about following these bands. That it was more about this guy trying to do this tribute show thing. Uh I just really enjoyed that aspect of this movie. There's so little to say. It's just a good movie. Yeah, it's just, I don't a, know. It's just a rock this, song. Go watch it. We've already talked yeah. about like Christopher Guest's uh, style and um, like yeah. you know Levy. mockumentaries in general. This is just a rock solid. Right. Uh, uh, this would have been a good one to start with, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, there's not there's not yeah. a lot more to be said other than this is like yeah, just a very solid entry in the Guest anthology. Like, if you think about mockumentaries, I think this is like a movie you would think of right off the top. Yeah, it's uh, it's above for me. It's above Spinal Tap and it's below uh, Best in Show. I yeah. like Best in Show I would, the best. Did you say above Spinal Tap, below like Best in Show? Yeah, yeah. Me thinks I agree with that. I think I would put this above Spinal Tap also. Spinal Tap, yes. I don't know. But yeah. I feel like it. That's it. Falls into like the Monty Python syndrome of like. You know all the bits yeah. and the jokes, and yeah. it's, it's good, but it's also just right. like Ooh. part of it too is that it like broke ground when it came out, and then yeah. they like it like Spinal Tap invented it, and then these later efforts uh, perfected it. IMO, yeah, yeah, I would agree. I also think overall this movie, if we're gonna compare the two movies, this has a lot better music. I think overall, though, I think that's unfair, but I do think the music in this movie is extremely good like i thought all of the songs were like enjoyable yeah they actually were i was gonna say they're bangers i was gonna say yeah they need to make like a remake of this movie in like 30 years uh but it's about dubstep it's a dubstep revival and it's gonna be great you guys are gonna (laughs) love it they're gonna christopher guess it's gonna be his uh swan song Skrillex comes out on a on a rocket on a uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for wheelchair uh, walker no the thing you yeah walker he comes out on a walker and he's like uh, and he reaches out one haggard skeletal finger and he just pushes play and the crowd just loses it when it goes it's the, it's the sexy sex he got him 
And then he's like, oh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And then he presses stop and he presses play again. And then it's Rick Roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Skrillex, you prank. Skrillex, prankster. stop it. So, as a movie, 8 out of 10. A lot of laughs, good music. The world of the guest movies are always so tight and well thought out. But I still stand by the missing the heartwarming center. And I think it's just a personal taste thing. Like, I tend to like, I don't. I prefer single character movies more than ensemble movies, I think. And so I think I was just missing that kind of like through line character for me. Uh, as a spoof, 9 out of 10. Now, when we reviewed Waiting for Guffman, I gave it a really low spoof rating. And I am retracting that and giving it a 9 out of 10. Because I completely discounted the idea of spoofing the subjects of documentaries. And not just the form of documentaries. And these movies nail spoofing the subjects of documentaries. Uh, so I think both nine out of tens for the spoofs. Okay, I'll uh, mark it in our schedule that we keep track of all Thank of you. our scores in. <laughs> uh, seven out of ten as a movie. <laughs> keep, oh, what a that's a what a good review. I'm Kelly. keeping that that seven out of ten train going. Mm-hmm. A, so, <laughs> a good a solid C. Something I like about this movie minus is maybe. that. You can just watch this movie no matter what. No matter what. You're trying to take a nap? Throw this movie on. You're trying to wake up? Throw this movie on. Trying to mow the lawn? Throw this movie on. Trying to cook Mm -hmm. a meal? Throw this movie on. Trying to fold your laundry? Do some chores? Just throw this movie on because guess what? It's an easy watch. Very easy watch. Hungover? Ooh. Oh, throw this movie on. Drunk? Throw it on, baby. Mm -hmm. Throw it up. Uh, Throw it up. Yeah, it's a good movie. If your parents are looking for a good movie, tell them to watch this. But also, you should watch it. There you go. Uh, 8 out of 10 is a spoof. Scott. Uh, yeah, as a spoof, what's it spoofing? Old folk people folk past people. their prime? Yeah. Dang well, then, people. hey, 10 out of 10. <laughs> whoa! Whoa! <laughs> They they did exactly I don't know if you've that. Ever done that. Yeah, uh, I I really I like I enjoy this movie quite a bit. Like yeah, this is uh, I think only Best in Show is the only other uh, uh, better guest movie. Um, and uh, as a movie, uh, nine out of ten. Um, <laughs> uh, the end. We should uh, we should um. Average when we get done with all the spoof movies, we should uh, take an average and just see what we think of like the genre the, of spoof the genre. movies. Yeah. <laughs> Probably like a five out of ten in the end. It's, it's perfectly <laughs> like, some balanced. of them are good and some yeah, are bad. It's perfectly yeah. balanced. Yeah. Ah, just like Thanos. Yeah. You love referencing Thanos on this podcast. I don't know why I just constantly bring up Thanos. Thanos in real life. I Thanos is living rent free in your head, man. <laughs> I can't get his purple, thick daddy body yeah, out of my it's head. Daddy body. Fucking, it's really funny how Marty's wearing his Thanos, one of his three Thanos shirts right now. Actually, while we're recording mm-hmm. this, yeah, yeah, looks like Thanos. he's getting chin implants. Yeah, Kelly, do you have a novelty song? Do you have a novelty song? I've please? got the song this week. I got it. I've got it. It's ready to go. You guys is- ready for it? <laughs> yeah. What is it? It's called the Bat Dance. It's oh! another. 
it's another one of those where it's like I don't really know if it's a song. It's, it's I mean, it is a song. It absolutely counts. But uh, this absolutely counts. Yeah, I should have done this for uh, Blank Man because it's superheroes. Mm, superheroes. But I don't know. This this song is just it's just wild. I don't. If you haven't seen it, watch the video. It just was made to go alongside which Batman movie? Do you guys know the Joker I think one? The first this one. Is, first, yeah. The bat. Just the first Batman. Yeah, movie. and they were just like, hey, it's Prince. Do whatever you want. It's going to be great. And it's That's, not um, really that good. <laughs> fuck, what's his name? Who's the Spooky Man director? Ted, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah, this is the first Tim Burton Batman movie. Yeah. Very well. It's almost like more of a remix than anything. I don't know. Just take a listen. And then right here is where you play it. Who is that? Dickie Vale. Dickie Vale. I like Batman. Hi, Bruce Wayne. I tried to avoid all this, but I can't. Yeah. So that was the bat dance. What do you guys think? What do you guys I think of the bat dance? Fucking loved that. <laughs> yeah, it's a good song. Yeah, I there's again, it's just like the movie. There's really not much to say. It's you kind of can't comment on something that's perfect, right? <laughs> so. I'll say I'm not a huge Prince fan. I like Prince, but Prince is a little too 80s for me. Pretty all over like every... the place, I would say. Yeah. And so the bat dance to me is just like, this is just Prince, which is fine. It's just not my favorite uh, music. And I also don't like that Batman movie that much. He, he might be 80s, like... but you're forgetting he's also horny. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I gotta yes. be... Which is timeless. I gotta be in the mood to listen to Prince. I just gotta be in the <laughs> mood, you know what I'm saying? Fellas. No. <laughs> I gotta light a candle. I gotta l- lower it up the water in my bathtub. I put rose petals on my gotta... keyboard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I have to unbutton the, the first couple buttons on my billowing white blouse shirt. <laughs> and then I open iTunes and I go and I find. The Spoof Scoofs and Novelty Songs podcast. Yeah, and I press yeah. play on it. Nothing will, fellas. Nothing will get your girl in the mood like hearing like weep boop spoofs and goofs giddly goo. <laughs> oh boy, uh, Prince is fine. I feel like he's one of those artists. Like I enjoy watching his live performance recordings online. Versus yeah. like his studio recordings, they're not as good. Yeah, it's a little overproduced for me. I guess. Yeah. Dude, huh. the 80s, yeah, the 80s sound like shit. That's... The 80s is when they started uh, using, like, digital recording techniques, and, like, they did not have it down. Like, the Uncanny Valley is, mm-hmm. like, still too, uh, too, you know what I mean? They, like, can't make a digital yeah. snare sound like a real snare, and they, like, are putting, like, right. uh, just, like, an uh, unrealistic amount of reverb on everything, and it's all, like, well, hyper Well, like, they just, like... And, Every they they got equipment in the eighties where they could just turn knobs and weird stuff would happen. So everyone was like, "Do that! Doing that yeah. sounds yeah. crazy. People are gonna love this." And it's yeah. like, mm. I feel like every band I like from that era is all the bands who uh, couldn't afford good production, and so they all sound like trashed now. Mm-hmm. But those are all the bands that I still like that are from the eighties, quote unquote. Yeah. Wow, so authentic. So I'll go back. To, I'll go yeah. back to our roots on this one, guys. 
Uh, give give you a guess. In the year 1989, where did this song peak on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100? Ooh. Uh, number one. Number two. <laughs> I hate this. Boxed you I, in. I guess first. I guess Marty, boxed you in. Marty, sucka. take. Okay, you guys send me your guesses via chat. <laughs> Why? I just did. I just said it with via mouth. All right, so yeah, you guessed. Too. Number two for real? Yeah. Okay, Marty. I guess number one for real. Okay, this sucks. Uh, who has a product? That, wh- Wait, what? You're not going to tell us? <laughs> what? It was 44. Because you, you guys suck. And oh. this, is what it, this is what it's devolved to. It's just, I guess one. I guess two. One dollar, Bob. Two dollars, Bob. Fuck fair. this shit. But that oh was my like God. the oh, biggest okay, okay. movie. You're so, so, you're, so you're giving up on the segment because I strategized rather than being like, huh, let me think about it. Well, in 1984, <laughs> uh, they invented Pepsi Clear, so that was leading me closer to 21. But then again, Reagan was president, so I guess 22 is maybe better. Honestly, if you, you gave me one of these, if you gave me one of those every episode, I'd be so happy. I'd be so fucking happy <laughs> with the way you handle yourself. Last episode, we did a quiz. We did two quizzes, and I invented the brilliant strategy of just guessing what your opponent guesses. That makes it fun, because then you can tie. (laughs) Here's the thing, Kelly. That song was made by one of the biggest music acts in the world at the time, and came attached to a movie that was the biggest movie of the year. I can't believe it peaked at all. I thought it would be number one. I legit thought it would be number Remember one. Remember when it was Kiss, cute. I, that's Kiss cute. from a Rose came out? I feel out. like there was like a trend like just yeah. through like sheer happenstance that a ton of the songs we brought, uh, like especially like novelty songs from the 60s, somehow just like, pro- 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 oh, Jesus, preposterously yeah. made it to number one, like for some reason, like the elephant dance right. was number one or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So now our like brains are skewed to yeah. think that like the bat dance could make it to number one. We or like what's who's the guy who did Hello Mudda Hello Fada? Yeah, like yeah, every song yeah, he for wrote reason, was like number one hit yeah. for some reason. And then they had to Alan invent Churn, a category for comedy for Billboard Hot 100 comedy, and then it ruined that guy's career. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, ah, no. Yeah, it peaked at number forty-four. Not a lot to say. Uh, bad dance is wild. Good job marketing on picking someone who makes music to make music for your movie. <laughs> nice job. Did you know? Well, Kelly, I know you know this, but uh, Marty, did you know that uh, uh, Prince's like protege wrote the Goofy Movie song? Yes, yes, I know. Oh, well, yes. then it was recorded no at Paisley Park. And we'll be reviewing it in two weeks on yeah. this podcast. So. <laughs> Wait, which movie? We'll be reviewing Eye to Eye by Powerline from yeah. the Goofy movie. We're not yeah. going to do that on Shut the Goofy up. movie episode. That is past. We'll do that no. on a future episode. We have to dre- we have to on dig this back the up. The extremely Goofy movie yeah. episode. No, not which even going to wait for that. Because on that episode, we'll be doing... Uh, what's the, fir- the, the intro song to a Goofy movie? Marty, do you have a product or does Scott have a product? <laughs> oh. I... I have a product this week. Oh. Yeah, sure you do. Kelly got a little preview. This week's novelty product is a wrestling action figure. Yay! And that's gonna do Re- it for us. Great. <laughs> nope. Great. Wrestling figures are posable figures based upon wrestlers and personalities, mostly for the WWF slash WWE, though other companies have also had wrestling figures released. 
The first WWF figures were produced by LJN in the 1980s to produce the first figures based on the wrestling giants superstars. Eventually, the contract would shift to Hasbro, then to Jack Pacific, and finally Mattel, who produces WWE's figures to this day. This particular figure that I'm holding is actually of Goldberg, and this was a WCW action figure originally produced by Galoob. And all that being said, gentlemen... It's time for a little quiz. I got called gentleman twice this episode. It feels good. By Marty? Yeah, Kelly, why don't you ever call me gentleman? Because I use uh, words that if I said them to a stranger, it would make them feel like I'm talking down to them. Like bud and guy, <laughs> pal, y'all, uh, duder, you know, the typicals. Chief? chief? Thanks, Chief. No, I don't use Chief. That's this not week, me. I have a wrestling theme quiz for you, gentlemen. And it is a five questions, five questions for you guys. Uh, whoever gets the most right wins. Very simple. Question number one. When the wrestler Goldberg, that's of our action figure this week, gentlemen, that's this guy, would wrestle, what would fans chant during his matches? Uh, is there an A, B, and C, or do we just... Nope. All right, it's. I'm gonna guess they say go go go. <laughs> wrestle, wrestle, <laughs> wrestle. Uh, they would chant Goldberg. Goldberg. <laughs> I should have just guessed his name. Oh, Scott, if we would have yes. teamed up on that one, we probably could have got it. Yeah, <laughs> you actually were pretty Both close. Both of us were pretty close. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Number two. WWE recognizes two wrestlers as having the most world championship reigns. Who are these two men? Hint. One of them won most of his championships outside of the WWE in the 1980s. The other was a star in the 2000s. John Cena. Scott gets one of them. Oh, fuck. Nice. 80s? Uh, Hulk's Hogan. Hulk Hogan is incorrect. Scott, care to take a guess at the 80s wrestler? Uh, Macho Man Randy? Uh, incorrect. It was Ric Flair. Uh, Ric Flair. He says, Whoa. Oh my god, my wife's going to be so mad at me for getting these wrong. Because <laughs> she loves wrestling. Mm-hmm. One point to Scott, zero points to Kelly. Number three, what boxing legend had a wrestling match with Japanese wrestling legend Antonio Inoki? Scott, if you get Why? this right, this we don't so have d- to hear the last so two questions. <laughs> this is not difficult. <laughs> it's uh, why are you? It's you. Why are you asking us questions about something you know we don't know about? What boxing legend? Uh huh. Mike Tyson. Okay. Mike Tyson is incorrect. All right. And what's the question again? Older. What boxing legend had a wrestling match with Japanese wrestling legend Antonio Inoki? And it's a boxing... And he already said Mike Tyson? Okay. I said legend. That implies he's old. Now I need to think of one other boxer. Mike Tyson is old. Um, Mike Tyson is old. I'm thinking older than Mike Tyson is what I'm saying. Floyd Mayweather. I don't. That's, That's younger. That's what Muhammad I'm saying. I don't Ali. know. Who's the other Muhammad Ali? You don't get the point, but it was Muhammad I Ali. I should get yes. the point. <laughs> no. All right. Nobody gets a point for getting it wrong. All right. I'll join back in when uh, this is over. 
<laughs> no, oh Kelly. My God. He hung up. Okay, he's back. Wow, the comedy. Wow. Kelly, you're going to love this question. You're going to love it. What movie is Dwayne The Rock Johnson's highest grossing picture? Oh, my uh, God. Jumanji. It's not Jumanji. Fate of the Furious? Ooh, Furious 7. Damn. It grossed $1.5 billion. Finally, gentlemen, I'm going to give you a list of wrestling teams who on television are claimed to be family members. You're going to tell me which right ones now? are... Am I leading with one oh, to boy. zero? <laughs> I think it's one to zero, yes. For, the, for two points. So you're going to tell me which ones of these are actually related and which ones are not. First to ring in gets to guess. You get a point if you get it right. If you don't get it right, your opponent gets a half point. So I have five teams for you. You're going to tell me, and we can do this kind of true or false. So I'm going to tell you who the two people are, what their relation supposedly is, and you're going to tell me if that's a real thing or just a wrestling thing. Okay? Okay. Number one, Kane and The Undertaker. They are supposedly brothers. They're not brothers. Is that true? Kelly gets the point. They are not brothers. We're tied up one-to-one. Edge and Christian are supposedly cousins. That's true. They're most certainly cousins. Kelly gets a half point. They are not related. (laughs) This is so fucking dumb. You might as well be saying anything. You could just be making this up for all I fucking know. (laughs) Matt and Jeff Hardy are supposedly brothers. True. They're absolutely brothers. Kelly gets the point. Yeah, because you said it's Matt too- and Jeff Hart. You said their last I could name tell, once. I could tell because they had the same last name. Yeah. This is so. I have siblings and they have my last name, and I put two and two together. <laughs> Kelly leads two and a half to one. Scott needs to get both of these correct. See, I'm the win. quiz master, and you're like, I'm the trickster god puzzle master. <laughs> <laughs> I am. Brie Bella and Nikki Bella are supposedly twins false they are sisters trick question there you're talking about cheeses baby bella cheeses (laughs) you're talking about mushrooms (laughs) portobello gets the point i don't get a point because they are they are twins kelly gets a half i said false i get zero points (laughs) okay fine (laughs) it's let's say it's two to one so scott can still tie that makes sense final question Vince McMahon and Shane McMahon, father and son. Uh, true. Scott gets the point. We tied <laughs> once again. Hooray. No, Everyone Kelly wins. wins. Kelly wins. Kelly earned Kelly it. Wins. Come on. Oh, good boy, Kelly. I didn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well... Gentlemen, I think that's going to do it that's for us. That's going to do it for us. Who would have thought? We review a good movie, and it's only a 40 minute ep. Yeah, sorry, everybody. <laughs> sorry, everyone. You, you, <laughs> oh, I know you feel like you're missing out on that you extra listen five to, minutes. <laughs> you listen to a larger Those percentage damn- of this episode than most episodes, but only because the percent- five minutes is much bigger of a percentage of 40 minutes than it is of an hour. Mm-hmm. Idiot. Good job, dumb listener. <laughs> We really appreciate you, idiot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that we know we got to the point in the podcast nobody listens to, I can finally say, fuck you, listener, you dumb piece of shit.
I just want to say, if anyone's listening to this point, we love you guys. From the bottom of our hearts, we really appreciate that you're listening to this because without this, we don't have anything going on in our lives.